0: Welcome to Money in the Mind. Join Andy, a mental health therapist, and Aaron, an accountant, as they explore personal finance, psychology,
1: and provide resources to help on your financial journey. Hello, and welcome to episode 17 of Money in the Mind, a nuanced approach to personal finance. I'm Aaron, joined by my friend Andy, and we also have two guests with us today, Golden Martinez and Frank Raphael. We'll just jump right into it, um, Andy. Do you want to just give us a very brief background intro to these two gentlemen, and then they can introduce themselves?
0: You know, I, Ron, I'm not even going to try. Um, these two are too <laughs> amazing for me to even think of missing anything. But I, we do want to say we are going to uh, speak more to uh, child psychology and children and finance today. So that's kind of our our head topic, and so we brought in these two incredible people golden and frank to be able to talk about that so golden frank uh, whoever wants to go first kind of introduce yourself uh, let us know a little bit about your background and then you know what what we're what we're doing
2: thank, thank you so much andrew and aaron you guys are phenomenal uh for creating this amazing show and thank you so much for the opportunity of having all, us on as guests frank and i are honored And we are the founders of a brand new company called The Focus Fund. We are a financial institution with a social mission to impact inner city communities and teach young people the importance of financial literacy. Uh, My background is founder and creator of GetFocus.org. I started that company over 10 years ago. I am what I like to call a community builder. I've been building communities all around the country, through nonprofits and schools by impacting kids to learn how to read and exercise. And my, lo- my my love and passion for the community is what led me to meeting Frank Raphael, my business partner, um, who is a financial genius and a social entrepreneur based in New York City who... Um, I, Frank, you know what? I'm sorry. I will let you speak for yourself, but, but Frank, Frank, has, Frank has afforded me the opportunity to start thinking about finance uh, much more and about teaching kids importance of financial literacy golden
3: well thank you i mean it's frank speaking thank you so much for the intro golden and thank you andy and aaron for uh, inviting us on the podcast we're looking forward to it i uh, love the mission of the podcast and i think it dovetails very nicely into a lot, a lot of the things that golden and i uh, have worked on and are working on um as golden mentioned you know i've been involved in the financial community in new york city for uh oof, it goes quickly but over two decades now You know, I'm a lifelong New Yorker. I grew up in this city. I'm in Manhattan right now, actually, mainly from uh, Brooklyn and Queens. And, you know, I spent my entire life here, except for four years at Yale, came right back to the city and had a few different careers, Uh, one career in city government. I worked for the Giuliani administration, one career on Wall Street, where I was an equity uh, trader for, and then I eventually helped run the trading floor for a pretty big uh, fund in New York for a decade and a half. And then food and beverage, where I started a uh, socially impactful uh, retail concept called Coffeeed, that is a typical restaurant group, except we give a portion of our revenue to charitable causes, and we also support charitable missions, job training, workfare, things like that. i had the pleasure have been collaborating with Golden and his incredible work with his various uh, nonprofits and for-profit companies, in particular, Get Focused which has been um, just an amazing part of my life and just an amazing part of the last you know many years and seeing what has happened with Get Focus and how it really has empowered so many of the inner-city youth in New York City um, in really important things in fitness, the importance of healthy living, especially now with going on in New York City with the entire COVID crisis and this pandemic. Um, it really shows the importance of people living this really healthier lifestyle. Um, so Golden has done this with uh, Get Focus, to Fitness. And also through literacy, Um, you know, literacy is one of these things that I think a lot of people in a lot of communities take for granted. And I don't think people really take it for granted in these inner city kids um, in in New York and other urban areas. So I think the the work that Get Focus has done has been super instrumental in my view of uh, New York and now really partnering with Get Focused and Golden Martinez on this new mission, which really brings a lot of this focus of uh, the inner city youth and the opportunities for them into the financial world. There's, there's no doubt that a lot of the uh, financial opportunities that really are everywhere in New York City and other really big, important urban centers, for one reason or another, there really has not been that access for a lot of these kids that live very close to this financial opportunity. They live under a mile away, yet yet they've been closed out for whatever reason, whether it's systemic or just lack of opportunity. And that's something that Golden and I are really looking forward to focusing on. You know, we're, we're launching the Focus Fund on June 1st in just a couple of weeks right now. And we did not plan on launching it during a crisis or during an American and worldwide crisis. But we're using the opportunity to really go out there and try to make a real difference in the kids' lives and really give them opportunities in the financial sector. Things, opportunities that I've had the fortune of having myself. So looking forward to talking about it. And thank you so much once again for inviting
0: us on. Absolutely. Thank you again so much for being on. So Frank and Golden Focus Fund sounds phenomenal. I'm sure we can get into the really uh, minute details of that in a bit, but I'd love to hear about what drove you to like, what, what in your backgrounds, what in your raising or what, basically what's the impetus behind the Focus Fund? Like why, why start this fund uh, impact? I mean, obviously, obviously it's very, apparent why we need something like that but but what about in your backgrounds really created the need for something like the focus fund
2: sure sure um so it's, it's funny you ask that so i i come i come from a from a very uh poor family i i i was actually when i was born i was um i was abandoned at the hospital by my parents who were victims of the Crack epidemic of the 80s, and I was born a crack baby, and was and was uh, put into the foster care system after the doctors helped save my life. And spending a few years in the in the foster care system really, really was in in the beginning of my life was was where I began realizing how hard a lot of young people um, have it. As I reflect back on my time, and growing up, I just grew up like in a poor family in a poor community, and what what I remembered most one one of my one of my biggest memories growing up poor was how much how much we wanted to be rich like how bad we wanted it like we all wanted to 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 have the financial freedom that we saw celebrities have or philanthropists have and but the but the lack of planning and the lack of access we had to financial opportunities was so huge that no matter how how bad we wanted it. We we had no clear pathway to getting there, but there was one memory in particular that I think if I would have kept it going as a kid, it would have been very instrumental to me as an adult. And that was actually, I was about eight or nine years old, and I, I met my, my grandfather, who at that at that point took legal guardianship of me and took me out of the foster care system. And as I was in elementary school, we had a visit from... Uh, two financial, I would call them advisors at the time, but they were from a company called Goldman Sachs, and they came to my elementary school. And as as we know, we I'm sure we all know who Goldman Sachs is, but <laughs> they they um they came they came over to my elementary school in New York City, PS 115 in Washington Heights, and they had like maybe a one hour presentation for us elementary school students to talk about their company and and their mission and and how important it was for us as young people to start thinking about financial literacy. And this was back in the 90s. And I was so young, but I was so impressed with, first of all, their name is so cool, number one. But oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but I was also very impressed with how much they cared about teaching us young people about financial literacy. I said, wow, they really cared. And one thing that was really interesting is that during that week at school, our elementary school made a huge effort on introducing us to many different financial opportunities. Goldman Sachs was one. And the second one was a small, tiny bank called the Neighborhood Trust Fund. And they also attended that that, that workshop as well. And they came to present an opportunity for us young people to open up savings accounts. And as we know, when you're a young kid, you know how to save. You save your pennies, you save your quarters, you know, your dollar bills. And sometimes $20 feels like $2,000 when you're a kid. And I was like, oh, my God, it would be so cool to open up a savings account with them. And they were offering a free savings account. And they, they gave us a sheet of paper with some information on it to take back home to our parents. And I brought it back home to my to my grandfather. And I said, hey, you know, this, this uh, neighborhood trust fund is encouraging us kids to open up a savings account and it'll be free and would you mind uh, opening one for me and he thought it was the best idea in the world he goes you know what let's do that i would love i would love to uh to start a savings account for you and 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 put some money in it and what happened was we went we went to the neighborhood trust fund and we started the account with 100 dollars 100 bucks and, and and it was me and him and it was it was like that it was just i think more parents should do that. i think more parents should take their kids to the bank and like you know teach them how to save but that moment was so big for me because what happened was after that we began going almost on a weekly basis, almost every Friday, and depositing whether it was ten bucks, twenty bucks, fifty bucks. And I remember I remember the 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 fund that my, my savings account growing to about eight hundred dollars. I was like, oh my God, we got eight hundred dollars in this in this account. And then my grandfather um, lost his job and 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 lost his income and we went through some financial hardships. And we never bounced back. He never had the support or the help to to realize how to bounce back. And for many years, um, we stopped going to the bank, and 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 that account actually became, I would say, just a desert account. Those eight hundred dollars stood there, and eventually he had to tap into it to be able to support the family, which which I understood. But I think I think if we would have kept it going somehow, I think if there was a company um, like the Focus Fund. In place to to continue supporting um, parents to 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 teach kids those good habits those good financial habits I think it would have been interesting and I think that was my you know my desire to to marry my concept get focused with with Frank's concept of of the financial markets and create the focus fund because I feel that if Frank and I can offer support to inner city communities and to those parents in particular by giving them a helping hand we can open up so much more. Opportunities for for their children, and that's that's why I think it came for me. Uh, Frank, can can, can, can you yeah, answer yeah, that?
3: Sure, of course. Golden. That's you know that's really the genesis of the whole idea right here. Is you know the access to opportunity is something people don't realize until sometimes it's too late, or they get a lucky opportunity. And a lot of people have gotten lucky breaks, and you hear inner city youth they talk about the successful ones. And unfortunately, the successful ones, at least financially successful are um, few and far between. Uh, there's a real disconnect between uh, the richer New Yorkers. We're in New York, so I'm a little New York-centric. I know this is a nationwide audience, but in New York, and it, it probably uh, flows through to the rest of America, there's a really divide, large divide, actually, between uh, the New Yorkers that have financial opportunity, financial freedom, financial access, and the ones that don't. And a lot of the ones that don't have something that happens, similar to what Golden just said, about you know there's something really... Uh, there's an opportunity that came out of nowhere. In this case, it was, you know, meeting the great folks from Goldman Sachs or, or from the local bank or a mentor. And it shouldn't take a lucky break for everyone to have financial opportunity. You know, for me, you know, I, I got a little bit lucky with that as well. You know, I, I grew up in uh, in Brooklyn, Queens. And, you know, my, my family, you know, we we also were on social service programs. My family was on disability and we were supported by the government. Um, and one of I'm one of six kids, and my father was injured. He got injured in a, in a workplace accident when I was very young. After he had six kids, and he was no longer able to support us. And thankfully, these governmental programs came in. Uh, these welfare programs, in particular for us, it was disability came in, and were they were able to provide for us the money we needed to survive. I never thought that money was important. You know, even though we didn't make a lot from the government, these governmental programs, it was plenty for us at the time to buy food. Uh, to pay for our housing, to buy clothes. And we had a really amazing childhood. But I never understood the importance of money and how how it really is. You know, it's the game that is played in America. You know, everything is based on money. And, you know, opportunity is based on money. Whether it's a for-profit, non-profit, church, it doesn't matter. Everyone has a balance sheet and bottom line, an income statement that they need, and cash flow, that they need to worry about. But I never thought of it. You know, I was, I was always a relatively curious guy, um, pretty academic uh, science and math w- was always my focus. I never had that focus in money. Um, I had the good fortune of having, you know, someone came up to me. I was working for uh, the Giuliani administration right after college, and you know, I felt like I had a really good opportunity. I was working really hard, and I was doing really well. You know, I, I was we were really I was working as a an advisor for the Parks Department for a really legendary Parks Commissioner Henry Stern, and, and for the, for Giuliani. And I thought I was really doing well in my life, and I was really excited. You know, I was in my young twenties, low twenties. And really felt like I was on the top of the world. You know, New York City is a place I love. And I really thought I was, you know, doing what I was uh, made out to do. I had a friend of mine I was working out with. And he looked at me. And we were working out. And this is when a a time of life I thought I was doing really well. I was really happy. And I've always been pretty happy in my life, thankfully. And he looked at me and said, you know, Frank, let me ask you a question. He said, what are you doing? I said, what do you mean? You know, his name, uh, Anthony. I said, what do you mean? He said, you know what? You went to one of the greatest colleges in the world. And... Your mom is struggling. My father had just died about a year earlier of a heart attack. And he said, Your mom is struggling. And, you know, she's trying to support all these six kids. And here you are working for city government, making almost no money. He goes, What are you doing? And I never put that connection together. No one, no one ever told me that money was a factor. I don't know why, but no one ever did. Well, pretty much within 24 hours of having this sort of very eye opening experience, I went to the one friend that I knew that was working on Wall Street. He was working for a small family fund. And I said, you know, his name was Nick. I said, Nick, could you help me get a job? You know, I really want to make some money. And I was getting paid. I remember I was going to pay $22,500 at the time of year, 22500 And this was 1997, I believe it was. And I really felt I was doing great. And he looked at me and said, sure. So I got, a, I got an interview with the uh, leader of the firm. And I met with him. And he hired me, um, and I had no experience, no knowledge. I knew absolutely no idea what a stock was, uh, what a derivative was, what a bond was. Uh, I had no idea what Wall Street really was and what, what capital and the, al- the allocation of capital and the access to the capital markets. But he hired me because of Nick, and Nick was a really good trader for the firm, and also because I had the good fortune of going to Yale. And that really did open a door for me to go on Wall Street, even though I knew absolutely nothing. Well, I went in, I started working. And it started a uh, you know two decade plus love affair with the financial markets, and really just to power them, the opportunity that, that they provide. And you know, within a very short, it took me a while, it took me two three years to really get it, to understand it. But I became pretty uh, a pretty good trader, and and I to this day I, there has there's not been a day in uh, you know twenty plus years that the markets open that I have not looked at the market or been obsessed with the market, and I just love it. And the one thing I love about it is the math behind it, and you know the quantitative aspect of it. But the other thing I love about it, is I really understand the importance of it, the importance of the capital markets of shaping the lives, and it provided an opportunity for me to make some money, and you know for me to be able to make money and help support my family, uh, whether my immediate family and my three kids and my wife, or my extended family with my mother and my siblings. Um, it really provided an opportunity I never thought was possible, and it's been really eye-opening, and you know seeing the lack of access that other kids who who don't have that opportunity and when golden approached me to partner with you know his get focused mission and to really try to you know morph that and evolve that into the financial space was something that has been really exciting for me and i really am looking forward to making impact with it and really provide opportunities that golden mentioned he had and 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 that i had and really try to scale that to a lot of kids and uh, june 1st going to be a very exciting day for us so Looking forward
0: to it, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Uh, and and just to our listeners, I really want you to focus on how the 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 massive impact that the that the childhoods of both Frank and and Golden had, and that's why it's so important to understand that like our financial literacy and our financial understanding starts at such a young age, whether we know it or not. Some of the research that I know I've looked up is from Beth Kobliner. Uh, She wrote the book "Make Your Kid a Money Genius." And she says, you know, you can start as early as two, three years old when it comes to kids and helping them understand like different financial literacies. So just just to point that out real quick, Golden and Frank, thank you so much for that, for those wonderful stories and and being able to utilize those to really fuel that fire of hey, how can we help other kids in maybe similar situations be able to gain access? And Frank, you you hit on that perfectly. Like you know, it, let's so, let's not just focus on the lucky few, but let's let's focus on the community as a as a whole.
3: You know, there needs to be a shift in that, and I appreciate that because in in schooling, and certainly in my schooling, you know, we learn really great things. You know, uh, that, are, that are important. You know, we learn math and we learn geography, we learn history. You know, we learn all these really relevant topics, but for some reason, classes like even home economics, if schools even offer that, are are considered you know are considered just as a throwaway. And it's not really the focus. And the kids that do have that focus are the ones who have dads or moms that are investment bankers or corporate lawyers or in the world. They have that. They understand that. They grew up with that. And uh, we need to make it a focus to really have kids understand that these financial opportunities are for everybody, not just for the ones that grew up knowing what they are. And, you know, as as, as, Golden, as Golden mentioned, you know, he had that opportunity. And I'm sure, you know, even, even Golden. I know Golden, you know, I'm, I'm, the, uh, I'm, I'm blessed to be the godfather of his beautiful son. And he was telling me, you know, Gold was telling me how his how his son is, is a young 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 boy is is already starting to understand the importance of, of financial power. That's because he's a great dad, uh, like Golden. So Golden, what, what do you do with your son to make it so exciting for him to understand the financial importance?
2: <laughs> well, um, yeah, so I have a toddler named Lucas who um actually is is a an avid saver, uh, and since he was one years old, I've been getting him multiple piggy banks for him to be able to save his coins or his dollar bills. And 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 what I would do is I would um every week I would give him a different different forms of currency, some coins, sometimes coins, sometimes different uh, size bills. And I've gotten I've gotten all the way up to I went from like one dollar to ten dollar bill, always up to a hundred dollar bill with him. And, and he knows the difference. He knows the difference between the different, the different bills and different coins. And, and he's only three years old, but he loves saving. He has about five piggy banks full of money right now. Um, and he might have more money than me right now. Who knows? Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but no, yeah. I um, And to be clear, and to be clear about, about what I said earlier, having having those those amazing financial institutions come to my school at an early age was, was huge for me because I never forgot it. And even though even though the practice of saving stopped with, with my family at an early age, unfortunately because of the hardships, I never forgot the lesson. I never forgot how important it was to me. And I think that, there, that, there, that there's a void currently in these in these communities where there's not enough companies going out teaching kids and families about the importance of budgeting, of building credit, of you know uh, purchasing stock. Um, all of these different great vehicles that, that can lead to breaking the generational curse of poverty. I don't think there's enough companies doing that. And I think Frank and I want to position ourselves as the focus fund to be possibly the, the number one. Uh, financial institution in these inner city communities, where and what that means is going visiting these schools, visiting these nonprofits, and even visiting people's homes if we have to, to bring this information to them, to bring this opportunity to them, and uh, we are willing to to, as they say, um, have muddy boots on the ground to be able to do the work that's necessary. I haven't, unfortunately, I love I love these big financial institutions, but I don't see enough of them in our inner city communities anymore. And maybe it was a thing in the nineties, but it's definitely not a thing in 2020. And I think that there should be more of it in my opinion.
0: You know, and, and golden Frank, you, you guys bring up very, very good ideas. Uh, So I I do want to speak to the idea of, you know, what we learn in school. I think my favorite meme still out there is, Hey, I'm really happy that I studied so hard for these parallelograms to understand them in this parallelogram season, referring to tax season. Because you're right, we, we don't have enough financial literacy um in, in our communities. But the biggest thing that that I love what you've said with the focus fund does is you literally go into these schools. It's not just like, so, hey, let's let's yeah, throw no. a bunch of money yep. at at these issues. Yep. We're we're actually providing literacy about it. Cause when you just throw money at a problem, it it's 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 that old homage, you know, uh, teach him or give a man a fish, feed him for a day, teach a man a fish two fish, you know, feed him for a lifetime kind of thing. And, and it's, it's awesome that you, that you want to do this because it is so desperately needed as well. And golden, I wanted to, I wanted to speak to your uh, toddler as well. I have a four-year-old and she, she got out her piggy bank the other day. She's been, uh, <laughs> Really kicking butt on her balance bike, going up and down the sidewalks, going real fast. And so she dumped out her change the other day and told us that she wanted to buy a cheetah um, <laughs> to race to race down the street because she thinks she's pretty fast.
2: <laughs> she has she has good imagination. I love it. I love it. Uh, That's amazing.
0: Um. So so let's uh, if if you don't mind, can we kind of speak to what what the focus fun. Would look like going into these schools because, like I said, that that literacy piece is the key component of this. It isn't just giving kids money; it's teaching them about the importance of money and saving. So, can can you speak a little bit to that?
3: Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let Golden get get into that because you know this is something that Get Focus and his current mission with uh, literacy and fitness has done already for thousands upon thousands of uh, inner city kids around the New York City area. So, I'll let Golden speak to that. But what, what I will say is that not only is there not enough opportunity for the kids in these inner cities for uh, financial literacy uh, but it's, and financial education, but also financial opportunity as, as far as these jobs are concerned. And, you know, these jobs, these financial jobs, whether it's in a corporate world, a regular corporate world, Fortune 500 company, or whether it's actually working on Wall Street itself or a corporate law firm, these are jobs that a lot of these kids don't feel like are for them. And what I can say, having a lot of friends who help run some of these really important firms in New York City and beyond, you know, these um, leaders, corporate leaders, they want more diverse organizations. They want to provide opportunity for inner city kids. They want their workforce to be more reflective of America and New York City. But unfortunately, they don't have the wherewithal to do it. And there are a lot of systemic reasons for that. A lot of it comes down to uh, education. And, and a, a lot of it just comes down to very simple things like uh, simple knowledge and lexicon and jargon for people to know. You know, it's, it's hard to want to tell yourself when you're a young age, you want to be an investment banker if you don't know what an investment banker is. And it, very simple things. And then just putting these, putting the focus on these kids in their minds that these are jobs and opportunities for them. And you don't need to live in the Upper East Side of Manhattan, Greenwich, Connecticut, uh, Hollywood, California in order to have these opportunities. And Golden going into these classrooms, um, into these boys and girls clubs and teaching these kids already what he does with fitness and literacy and to to, to expand that into uh, a financial world is going to be incredible. So Golden, I mean, I would love, you know, I'm just always so amazed and inspired. Uh, and I've seen it firsthand numerous times when you go into these classrooms and how these kids are so engaged. You know, give us a little walk down. Because I, you know, I, 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 I myself have seen it, but I'm sure a lot of the
2: listeners have not. Oh, thank you Frank, thank you Frank. I would like to touch on on with Andrew and Aaron about um I know I know I know I know we we you know in our preliminary conversations via email and text messages to set up for this call, you guys mentioned that you guys watched the episode of Returning the Favor produced by Facebook um hosted by Mike Rowe. Do you remember that Andrew
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Hey, you you were hopping ahead. I was going to talk about Mike Rowe toward the end of this, but go ahead, man.
2: <laughs> well, no, no, definitely. So so Mike, so Mike Rowe, uh, incredibly um, generous and powerful American, he 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 really he, he put together this amazing show called "Returning the Favor, where he goes around the country and he returns back acts of kindness to people so uh individuals who are doing great work in their communities he he wants to highlight their work tell their story um give the reasons why they're they're doing this work and then at the end of his of his show he rewards them with with an amazing token of appreciation and um I was I happened to be one of the selected people to be a part of his season uh season 2 episode 10 where where he came out to New York City to actually highlight some of the work I've been doing in New York with Get Focused. And what was so impressive to him from his own words was how I was able to take two things that were completely opposite of each other and I was able to marry them together. And those two things were uh, exercise and my passion for reading books and books. And those are two things that are mutually exclusive on their own. When, when, when you go into a recreation center, if you do a fitness day. You have a fitness day and there's a bunch of things going on. There's yoga, Zumba, uh, boot camps. And if you do a reading day, there's you know, a book fair, there's a reading corner, there's reading specialists, there, there's librarians, um, the Scholastic is there selling their books at a discounted price. And these are two separate events that have never been married together. And what I decided to do back in 2015, uh, through my company Get Focused, um, which we were known for creating what I like to call community impact models (CIMs), and I, I literally spend, you know, the bulk of my time thinking about different versions of CIMs to impact young people's lives. And I said, you know, what? Well, how how creative would it be, and how unique would it be if we took um, a traditional book fair, and instead of encouraging kids to come in and buy books at a discounted price, um, which is very tough for for certain families to buy books even at a discounted price. What if we did something very simple and we changed the currency? What if if every book from now on, instead of being assigned a dollar amount, was assigned a fundamental exercise like five push-ups, 10 jumping jacks, and these students will be encouraged to buy the books using exercise as their currency at these events? And I created the model back in 2015, or what I like to call a CIM. I created the CIM back in 2015, and we launched four events. Frank and I together, we launched four events. Frank's Frank's piece of the of those events were because of his food and be- beverage background. He catered all of the events with healthy foods. Um, he had you know uh, fruit bowls, salad bowls, everything you can think of. You know, hundreds hundreds of bottles of water um and and we would have a a very dynamic book fair where there was a a food and beverage component healthy food and beverage component there was a reading corner and there was live personal trainers on site were there who volunteered to conduct the exercises of the transactions with the children. And the children would pick their book, like a Harry Potter book. The book would say it was worth 10 jumping jacks. And they would walk over to the personal trainer and say, I would like to pay for this book. And that became an on-spot personal training session for that child. And at the end, the child got rewarded with the book. And he was able to take Harry Potter and add it to his home library. And it was such an innovative idea. And it's still an innovative idea. and, And Frank and I are still um, doing these book fairs all around the city and actually all around the country. but at the time it was it was something that was so different. you know, changing the currency of of something and teaching kids importance of 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 thinking about money. so without realizing it, you know they used exercise as a substitute for money and and it was for them a, a an introduction to um the importance of of having access to to currency, which is which is something that I think I didn't have as a child, because when I attended book fairs as a child, I had to sit out on the side and wait for other kids who had the fortune of being able to buy books, um, and I just had to sit down and watch. So I had no access and, and no ability to be able to uh, purchase books during book fairs as a kid. So that was something that um, Frank and I had a lot of uh, honor in doing. And what we decided to do now in 2020, five years later, is kind of enhance that model and say, okay. What 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 is the next CIM that we're going to create? And what we like to do is we like to take a CIM and attach it to a for-profit venture. So Frank Frank's background um, in creating you know multiple different hedge funds and investment vehicles for his clients and for himself, and marry and taking that and marrying that to a community impact model where we go into schools and start doing workshops, very similar very similar events to what I just mentioned, like a book fair. But instead of, being, um, instead of being a book fair, it's more like a financial empowerment summit where parents come out, kids come out, teachers come out, and Frank and I will partner with a local bank, similar to like a neighborhood trust fund. And what we will do is we'll, we'll play the role of Goldman Sachs in, 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 in my scenario earlier, where we would be the Goldman Sachs, we'll invite the local bank, and we'll work with the, with, with the local bank to offer these free savings accounts for, for students. And we're going to go a step even further at these events. And Frank and I have already allocated a budget where we're going to award at the end of these events as a complete surprise to these families, every single student there with a with a fresh $100 bill that's going to come inside uh, an envelope with a card, a Focus Fund card, with a positive message uh, for them to read and for them to understand that this money is to go um, visit this bank with your parents and open up your first savings accounts um which we would like to call the we would like to give the title of being your focus fund this is your focus fund and we are going to partner with you to create and launch your first ever focus fund and we're going to help you manage it we're going to help you grow it we're even we're even committed to even adding more money into their fund and matching their parents as they grow it. Um, it's something that we're working on. It's a brand new CIM that Frank and I are developing. But that's that's one of the ways that we are we we are going to uh, begin impacting the community through our company. Uh, Frank is creating a different CIM where he's going to be doing job trainings on teaching high school students and early college students um, how to become traders. So Frank, can you speak about that about that that CIM that we're
3: Sure. I me, mean, I'll be very brief on that. Uh, you know, basically, the whole basis of this thing is really just having these kids. That's why you know the focus of your podcast in general, um, Aaron and Andy, are so important because the focus of this whole thing is really just the psychology of money. Yeah. That's really what it comes down to for us. Look, we know that a hundred dollar bill to kids is obviously not going to that hundred dollar bill itself is not going to be um, you know so transformative in their life. That's for sure, right? A hundred dollars. Especially in New York City, it doesn't go too far regardless of where you live. But the fact is, there are certain moments that, that really do resonate in people's lives. And we want that to be one of the moments. We want these kids to understand, one, that money and financial empowerment are for them. They're part of that whole thing. We want them to know that money is not a dirty word and finance is not a bad word. And it's not for other people. It's it's for them. And we want them to understand that the psychology of money is very important for them. And they, they need to have a relationship with it. And that relationship needs to start at a young age, at a powerful age, um, so, so they can grow with that. So, Frank, so that's just something that yeah, Frank, we're I'm, gonna th- Yeah, I'm so sorry, I,
2: I have to add on to that. I have to add on to that. And, and Frank is 100% right, you know, you know it's we're not just walking in just you know handing out envelopes filled with $100 bills it's our delivery that that we that that we're that we're so concentrated on and for for me being working in working in the commun- in inner city communities for over 10 years i realized that that children love parties they love parties any if we celebrate anything they love to celebrate my 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 3 year old lucas if we're celebrating something he is he is all for it and I think that, like Frank is right, we want to we want to walk into these community centers, into these schools, into these nonprofits, and we want to celebrate uh, financial uh, freedom, financial opportunities. We we want them to meet us, to shake our hands, to take photos with us, to hear our stories, um, to hear other people's stories, and to just understand that we are celebrating making money, that we are celebrating making a difference, that we are celebrating changing our lives and ch- and changing our our, our future. And and I think that's really what's most important about about what we want to do with the focus fund because so on a day in and day out Frank and I are going to be trading our money we we, we the, the the fund the fund that currently what we're doing is we're gelling all of our all of our assets together our food and beverages our our, our restaurants our real estate uh, that we own in New York and New Jersey um, our stocks um, some of our crypto and we're adding it all under one portfolio. To be able to uh to position ourselves to do well as a fund, um, but the 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 social responsibility component, which is what we're talking about for us, is really is really the passion because we're we're going to continue to make money. We're going to continue to tr- you know trade to buy to acquire, but at the same time, if we can if we can share that with others, that's really what we want to do at the focus fund.
3: And, and, and just at the end of the day, I'll throw it back to you guys. But you know, as Golden said, the the message um in these events. Is a powerful, fun. It is a party-like atmosphere. You know, seeing Golden in play. You know, I've said it before to him. He is uh, a Tony Robbins. You know, to, for those that know Tony Robbins, for <laughs> those that like Tony Robbins and see these really motivational, empowering sessions that they have there, um, that's what Golden does already. Would get focused, and he goes in there, and there's a real energy in the room that is palpable. That people leave there motivated much like you know people our age that go to these Tony Robbins sessions and they leave there empowered yes. and hopefully not short-lived hopefully this empowerment stays with them for a very long time like in golden's case it stayed for him for decades um, after he got you know the, the message from Goldman Sachs and for me how it stayed for me for decades we want that moment to be as powerful and we want to focus on um, you know making sure these kids understand the importance of the financial um, opportunities that are available to them. Yeah,
2: what
0: well, you yeah, know, and, that, and I'll I'll personally speak to Golden's uh, energy, care, uh, and charisma. If you and we'll link uh, Ron to that to that link with the episode of returning the favor. Um, I watched it, and it, I truly brought tears to my eyes. I mean, you see the passion that Golden has, and if it's one person that can motivate children to make some different changes in their life or or even allow them the, the permission to yes I, I i can i can i money isn't is, isn't something i can fear it this is the guy to do it oh my gosh gold golden <laughs> is the man to do it thank you Andrew. 1000 um, percent times one, 1 thousand oh so i do have to ask before you give them this this hundred dollar envelope do, do you make them all do like a hundred jumping jacks or- <laughs> well-, <laughs> well let
3: me jump I've seen Golden do that with the books. And let me say, let me, you know, Golden and I, we do share a lot of things in, in common. And one thing we absolutely share in common is our love for fitness. And there's nothing more paramount than fitness for everyone, not just kids in the inner city, but for anyone who wants to lead anything. Anyone that wants to be successful, in my opinion, anyone that wants to, you know, get to the next level of their personal career, if they're not focusing on their own fitness and their own nutrition and their sleep, and their body, well, they're way behind the curve. They're way behind the curve. Because if you can't take care of yourself, there's no way you can take care of anybody else. And I'll use the example. I've used it many times to my employees and to everyone. It's like when you're on that airplane, and they always tell you in that that safety check, if there's an on-air emergency and those oxygen masks come down, if you're traveling with a kid or an elderly person, what do you do? You put the mask on yourself first before you put it on the kid. And, of course, the reason is, if you're not alive, you can't help anybody. So that's what is very important with fitness that Golden and I know very deeply. And everyone out there, everyone, I think, is starting to understand that. Uh, Living through COVID right now in New York City, I believe people are starting to understand the importance of wellness, the importance of nutrition. So, yes, to answer your question, there will absolutely be a fitness and nutrition part of the uh, focus fund because fitness and nutrition and health and working out and exercise it's not just important for inner city kids, it's not just important for financial freedom. It's important for everyone um, in life. And that will certainly be, uh, you know, a basis yeah. of everything that we
0: do. Oh, and and Frank, I absolutely yeah. love the analogy. So, so uh, as the listeners know, I work in inpatient psych and I can't tell you, Frank, how many patients come in there because they're just, they're emotionally drained. They are so, out of gas per se. And I always use this, uh, filling the cup analogy. And I use the, the on air. If you, if you've ever flown, uh, people don't take care of themselves. People constantly give to other people and they drain themselves. So if you are listening right now, that's one of the applicable steps that I want you to take is like, is your emotional bank account cup empty right now? You you are absolutely correct. You have to secure your own mask. And we are just hopping through analogies back in <laughs> right now. But you have to secure your own mask before you can ever expect to secure other people's. You have to take care of yourself. We just had a psychiatrist on in one of our previous episodes. And one of the, and one of the main aspects that he talked about, he's like, before we assign medication, before we assign therapy, we always encourage people to make lifestyle changes. And the three main components of that lifestyle change Our fitness, making sure that you're exercising, whatever that means. If you, if, if all you're doing is starting to walk a couple, you know, if, if you go from sitting constantly all day to maybe walking a thousand steps a day, that's huge. Whatever those small changes are, the second component is sleep. Are you sleeping enough? And that third component is diet. Like what, what kind of nutrition are you getting? And in the mental health world, before we start pumping people full of pills or assigning therapy, that's the thing that we try to get people to understand first and foremost. So Frank, thank you so much for hitting on that aspect. That's- I, love, I
3: love that you're telling your guests that. I love that you're, I love that the psychiatrists and healthcare professionals are telling their uh, patients that it's very important. You know, our bodies have the ability to produce the best drugs possible to produce the best chemicals possible. And that's what these drugs do, right? When, when you go to these doctors and they prescribe drugs, and drugs are great, you know, drugs work. And I understand that need pre- prescription medicine, but our bodies have that power as well. So, you know, we need to give ourselves the best opportunity to, in order to unleash mm-hmm. that. So thank you so much for uh, sharing that.
1: Yeah. Uh, oh, gentlemen, okay. uh, I, I see from, from my perspective, you're not just trying to provide that initial $100. Like you said, it's not a huge, huge amount of money. What you're doing is trying to fundamentally change some beliefs about money. From my perspective, you know, I've grown up middle class, very privileged, and didn't really have a lot of bad financial events necessarily in my life. Haven't gone hungry or anything like that. Pardon my dog in the background, if you can hear him.
0: He agrees. Uh, he agrees. Yeah,
1: but I I see you're trying to fundamentally change beliefs, and and at least from what I've learned about. You know, people growing up in poverty—they don't have a lot of positive financial or ex- positive experiences with money, and they might even have kind of financially related trauma. If someone, if they made a little bit of money and and it got immediately taken from someone, that kind of thing can stick with them. So I guess I'm seeing someone giving them a hundred dollars, giving them that positive experience, is going to be a lot more valuable in the long term than just that. That initial well, here's a here's a hundred bucks. You're you're doing so much more than that to help them change their beliefs. Well, yeah, and
3: we want to have a relationship with the bank. No, yeah,
1: and 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 to be
2: honest, it's not so. And and thank you, Aaron, for that. You're 100 percent right. We do want to we do want to change their 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 way of thinking and their perspective behind behind money. But well, first, I I want to touch on the the reading and exercise that uh, component. Of 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 get focused. I, I really love, you know, I, I love that Will Smith many many years ago uh, sh- shared a, an award speech about the imp- importance his his two keys to success in life. He said these are the two most important things that um that I that I attribute my success to, and it was reading and running. And I was a kid when I heard that speech, and I said, really? So if I just if I read books and I run every day and I exercise, I, I can be as successful as you. And, and that was something that I married myself to at a very young age and 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 that's where that passion came from but I would say as I got a, as I grew up, I realized that I, I had to add uh, finance in there as well um, and I didn't learn that until I was about 27, 28 years old where I'm like oh my god like you know I'm going through a lot of tough times because I am not financially responsible and I think that that's why I, I feel that we need to touch kids at an early stage when it comes to their their mentality of money. And be able to to go in and and change that super super early, um, like you mentioned, Andrew. You know, my son my son is three years old, and, and I'm already you know planting the seeds at that age.
0: You know, and one of the other things that I absolutely love that you're doing, Golden, I can't remember if we talked about it before we started the show or before, like you said, we had a lot of great content. We were going and going and going, and Golden finally put the brakes on what I was saying. It was like, dude, let's start recording. We got some (laughs) great stuff here. Yeah. One of the things that you hit on was the idea that we teach children. So here's some, here's uh, another applicable step. We teach children the difference in the denominations of money. So the issue with using a credit card all the time is that that little rectangular piece of plastic, when you swipe it to buy a candy bar or you swipe it to buy a TV, children register that in their head as being the same. So, like, they don't know that a candy bar is maybe a dollar and a TV is, you know, four, $500. Um, they register that, like, oh, th- there's no difference in value there. So, Golden, you are just brilliant for teaching your kid, like, you know, pennies, quarters, dollars, $10, $100. Like, Those things have different values. So as, as quote unquote, as annoying as it is to carry cash around, when you buy things in front of your kids, it's such a good idea to teach those kids that like, Hey, you know, we go to the dollar store and we buy these things with our dollar or like, Hey, we go to the grocery store. And we can buy those, you know, maybe, uh, uh, you know, I I guess if you can get a hold of toilet paper, which I think they're restocking now. um, But, you know, those rolls of toilet paper are are more expensive than maybe a thing that you would buy a, a little trinket at the dollar store. So it's good to help kids understand the differences in those denominations of money. If, if that makes sense. No,
2: for sure, for sure. And and what I would like to add to, to you and Aaron's point, so in addition to the initial investment that we want to make into this this child's future by helping them open up a savings account, it's really the ongoing support that Frank and I, through the Focus Fund, are trying to figure out how to offer. Um, You know, maybe it's quarterly check-ins or monthly check-ins or um, just you know sending letters of encouragement for them to continue uh, to save um, but 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 overall the the, the impact that we want to have in the community so let's so let's throw some numbers out there so Frank and I spoke about let's say we want we, we want to pledge in, in in year one about ten thousand dollars into inner city community. Um, either in New York or New Jersey or, or in another market, but, but we wanna pledge at least $10,000 into opening up savings accounts for kids. Now if we're pledging $10,000. That's about, I would say what about 100 kids that, that we're gonna impact. So now what we wanna do is is partner with a local nonprofit. We, we've been thinking about the Boys and Girls Club. Uh, we, we, we really enjoy the work that they do. And we wanna be able to host either one massive event for 100 students or maybe five different events for maybe 20 students and their family. And what we want to do is be able to um, award this money, like like you mentioned, through a really cool celebration. But at but what we want to do is we want to work with the bank very closely on being able to track the progress of these families on a yearly basis. So we don't want we don't want the private information of the routing numbers or the account numbers. We just need the bank somehow some way to agree to give us the collective total. Of these 100 families uh, by the end of the year. So what we want to know is that our $10,000 investment into this community, um, using using you know the momentum of this event, using some of the saving savings principles that we learned, using some of the ongoing support, was those 100 families in Newark, New Jersey, able to grow to maybe $20,000 in year one, and by year two maybe $50,000. By year three, if if we can prove and and show that our $10,000 investment into this community has grown to over $100,000 of saved money among 100 families in this inner city community. We are. We feel like we accomplished something. We feel like, wow, like we planted a seed. And look, and look how much it's grown. So that's really the the data or the impact that we're aiming for. It's not just the initial hundred dollar gift, but it's the it's the long term vision of where can those ten thousand dollars in that community grow to in five years with those new savings principles, with that momentum, with meeting guys like Frank and I, with listening to shows like this. What can that do for them? That's what we want.
3: this, like when, when, when you when, when Get Focus gives out you know, two books for doing, you know, a hundred jumping jacks in your example before, you know, it's not just, those are not the only two books these kids are going to read in the next few years. That's a start. That's a start. That's a start. These kids with a love for literacy and, you know, opening their minds for it. And that I think is, you know, super integral into, um, into our mindset behind uh, the focus on right now. And what the focus on really is the understanding of the banking relationship, go into the bank, uh, understanding when you know banks are built uh, uh you know with with marble and looking real austere and beautiful for a reason they're supposed to denote some sort of like safety and powerfulness to it and we want these kids to understand these these should not be imposing places these are places that that are for them they're welcome to go in there and we want them to build that relationship to, to use your guys analogy with the credit card it's so true kids don't necessarily understand what a credit card is actually a lot of adults, don't seem to understand what credit is. <laughs> and what the idea behind it is, and you know what the what the importance of what credit is, and how you have to monitor credit and expand on credit, and also the importance of credit. Like credit is not necessarily uh, a bad thing either, but like everything in life, things can be really bad or really good depending on how you use it. You know, the home ownership trend in America in the last you know two generations that could not be done without credit. And the advent of mortgages and mortgage bonds and collateralized mortgage obligations. But we also know that those things could also be weaponized and used really negatively as well. So people need to understand, you know, what an ATM is. I know a lot of kids in New York, when they see people go to an ATM and see someone take out $20 out of an ATM, they don't really understand what's going on there. Like, who's giving them the $20? Is some magic behind the wall? (laughs) When it's someone, exactly, but it's, you know, you see these kids and their eyes light up, what's going on? When it's their money and they have $150 in a bank and they're taking out $10 from an ATM and now that $150 is going to $140, well, that's a learning experience. Now they know what that ATM card does, what an ATM does, and you can expand on that to other products and certainly credit cards and mortgages and other things. And brokerage accounts eventually will certainly, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, be things that these kids incorporate into their daily living.
0: You know, and and I love I love the point of getting kids into banks. Uh the idea of, you know, the exchange that goes on. I know my daughter loves going into our local branch of the bank, but that's for a different reason. Uh they have like a little coffee bar in there, and so she gets a quote unquote hot chocolate. They basically right. just pour chocolate milk in there and then put it through a frother and then t- whatever. <laughs> so, so that's her favorite part about going to the bank, but you're, you're absolutely correct. Like that idea of like, you know, I, I take my 13 year old in there and he uh, you know, he helps I, I help him fill out the, the deposit slip. So he's always expected to put a little bit of money uh, from, from birthdays, from an allowance, from, from whatnot into those, in, into that account. Uh, just 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 to see that grow. And also, you know, he's 13. If if he expects to, uh, he's he's kind of a car nut. He loves uh, the idea of cars. And I think when he thinks he's turning 16, that he's going to get some elaborate little something. I, I don't I think he's in for a shock when we give him one of our very old cars that we're currently <laughs> right now. Um, but uh but yeah you guys th- that is so important to, to to formulate that relationship with that bank that's so paramount in that like you, like you said this whole thing and i love what you're doing with the whole check-in from it from a behavioral psychology point of view that that repeated check-in that idea of like hey how you doing you know oh that's so great like the, those those you know, those rewarding statements that they're doing is so paramount in helping change and embed that psychology at a young age. Like, good for you. That's so great. Like, look at what you're doing kind of thing. It's, oh my gosh, this, this focus Fun is just, oh, it's amazing.
3: <laughs> we're, we're really looking forward to it. It's, it's going to be a big, it's, it's a blessing in our lives already. And uh, I, I, the launch is going to be really exciting. We're going to have a really, you know, uh, to the extent we can with the lockdown in New York, we'll have a really big events with it uh, when the time's right. And, um, I think it's something that, you know, we, we know it's going to be impactful and, you know, we certainly appreciate, you know, the support that we're getting from a lot of people, including you guys. And, you know, I think, um, getting the message out, uh, you know, to other communities, but right now, obviously we're focused around the New York city area, but getting the message out nationwide, I think we could really, uh, you know, create a big change. You know, they always say this and you look at past history in America, you know, during times of crisis and during times of challenge and problems like we're going through right now, whether it's health or economic, um, or even smaller crises, there's always massive opportunity. And right now, there's going to be a seismic shift in um, in society. And no one knows exactly what that's going to be yet. Um, there might be a change in the capital structure. There might be a change in the way political uh, forms work. But whatever it is, it's going to shift. And I think right now, allowing that shift to incorporate all Americans, regardless of their economic status, um, or their geographic location, um, or their demographic background, I think is going to be something that is going to be really important. And we're just happy to play a small role in that. And we're looking forward to it.
0: Phenomenal. Uh, so, um, what, what can our listeners do to, to help? I know, um, our, I know in, in Omaha, Nebraska, we have a bank called first national bank. Uh, there, I believe they're the largest privately owned, bank in the nation right now and and they do i know they go into schools and they do a ton of different things to impact but like how how could our listeners do could our could our listeners do anything to to help besides kind of share the message of of focus fund
3: our website's going live june 1st and golden don't you tell about the website and social media and maybe you know just everything's launching june one. But if you can give us uh, just you know what the website's going to be and what the social media is going to be and have people just follow us would be really helpful.
2: Yeah, no, most definitely. So so we we are going live on June 1st under the com. And on social media, um, we have, um, we're recognized as the Focus Fund on Facebook and on Instagram. And yeah, if, if people can just follow us to, to, to keep updated with with some of our um, live events and, and some of our moves, that would be amazing. Um, but also, we are planning to have a nonprofit arm of the Focus Fund. Frank and I are figuring out. Um, how we're going to structure that. But we are thinking about launching the Focus Fund Foundation. Um, so so individuals who feel like they want to use our CIMs to impact um, their neighborhoods, they, it, it'll kind of be like, I would say a nice way for them to maybe make a thousand dollar donation to a Focus Fund Foundation and say, hey, I, I want to sponsor 10 savings accounts. You know, I want to sponsor 50 savings accounts, whatever it is. You know, I think I think that's something that Figuring out a way to get people to maybe sponsor savings accounts for kids um, and and using our our model to deliver that to them, <clears throat> um, I think would be really interesting, um, interesting way for people to get involved. Um, but in an immediate way, and that's that's a long term support for people to think about and watch us grow and, and get comfortable with wanting to partner with us. Um, but the immediate way is simply following us on social media as at, at the Focus Fund. That, that That'll be amazing.
0: Awesome, Ron. What uh, what questions do you have?
1: Oh, there's a there's a lot of directions. I there's so much good information. Um, I'm I'm kind of seeing just a way to fundamentally help people potentially get out of poverty. You know, uh, an easy solution for some is to okay, we'll just throw more money at it, or we'll donate more money to a food bank, which are super necessary things to do, but it doesn't necessarily solve a problem with someone who's in poverty but i can see this as a way of someone developing a healthy relationship with money in a short term and a long term way so that they actually have real opportunity they don't see you know money as a bad thing banks as a bad thing people that have wealth as necessarily someone who got it in nefarious ways or stepped on someone else in order to to get to that place i i think it's just a really amazing opportunity that you guys are creating for people to help you know change a mindset and potentially even say wow i i can potentially get out of a really rough situation and i can dream and even accomplish things that could help me you know have have a better financial future so i don't that's not a question more of a general comment but i I'd be interested to hear what you guys have to. You know, you know
2: you, you know, you know, you know, Aaron. Um, actually, I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned that, and it also reminded me of of something else very important that Frank and I are working on under the Focus Fund, and 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 that is actually creating a, 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 an amazing hedge fund. That's something that Frank and I. Uh, take a lot of pride in, um, in our different industries. For example, Frank with his food and beverage industry Coffee, Feed, which I had the privilege of, of being a managing partner on for many, many years. We took it from one coffee shop to over 21 locations in New York City in a matter of five years. And and that was because we actually, not only were we socially responsible and, 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 and awarding a percentage, a portion of our proceeds back into the community through uh, ur- uh, urban agriculture, through uh, job training programs, all these amazing initiatives that we had, but 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 we had good coffee, we had good food, we had good employees, we had amazing locations. So that was very important in our business model, not not to forget that we needed to make sure that our product was very, very good, and we are a hedge fund the focus fund is a hedge fund, and we are looking for investors we are we are trying to attract high level investors who 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 want to invest their money responsibly and who are looking for for good for good hedge fund managers like like Frank and everyone else that we're going to have on the team my role i'm I'm the community component of the focus fund, so I'm not going to necessarily be managing. The, the the investor's money, but Frank and, and his team of, of financial um, geniuses are going to be doing that. But that's something that I think um, is very important to note that that we are going to focus on building a very solid hedge fund um, with a social mission. Frank, do you want to add to that?
3: Yeah, no, it's, it's great. I mean, I, th- I think, you know, the focus fund is going to have multi-facets to it. And as Golden mentioned, we're certainly going to have uh, the Focus Fund Foundation, which is where the, the bank account initiative is certainly going to be to start the process. And that's very important for us for the kids to start that process. And then on top of that, we're going to have this hedge fund component, this fund component, where like minded investors and individuals could partner with us. And the partnerships can mean lots of different things. It could simply be an investment, which is great. And, you know, obviously, like all businesses, we, we uh, they live um, by investment, which is great. Or it could just be a collaboration or a business idea. Uh, because the focus fund, uh, the hedge fund or the fund component, is going to have uh, a few different elements to it. Certainly, um, investments in the capital markets, in particular, equity, derivatives, bonds, you know, basically balanced portfolios for the most part, is is going to be a core, like it always is. But absolutely, real estate is going to be part of it. And other operating companies also be part of it. Um, this fund is going to be operated uh, with the uh, with the assistance and with the support of uh, alums of the Focus Fund. So the idea here is to take these kids, start them, start them at a relatively um, early age, you know, teenagers, you know, teenagers who have the ability, you know, 13, 14, have the ability to start to understand money and keep with them and find the ones that are really excited about the financial markets to get them involved, either interning or working. And then on, the, on top of that, really just a job training portion of it is going to be really important because like you guys mentioned with, with the... Uh, With the fish analogy and like Golden mentioned with generational change is that we need to create generational change and really lift these kids or a lot of them as much as possible out of poverty. Luckily, in America, there's a really good framework to do that already. So we don't need to create anything new from that. All we need to do is provide these kids with the opportunity, uh, teach them what they need to have in order to go to, you know, a Goldman Sachs. You know, to a, to a Pfizer, to an Amazon, to a Google, to an Uber, go to these companies, speak the language, play the part and get hired. Because these companies, these growing companies, uh, you know, with America, with, you know, the worldwide, uh, you know, uh, America's GDP and worldwide uh, GDP constantly increasing. You know, there's going to be expansion of wealth worldwide for a very long time, even the, with even after this pandemic. That's not going to change. We need to have that expansion of wealth available to everybody. And we just want to provide a little bit of opportunity for these kids to really help, uh, you know, change that generational mindset where these, um, you know, these kids are living under, um, unfortunately, under some, summer, some sort of poverty. You know, we have a lot of kids in America, a lot of families that are well below the poverty line, <clears throat> which is sad. And a lot of these people, there is food insecurity in America, which is really sad. There's health care insecurity in America, which is right now. You know, immensely sad. That does not need to be the case. We're in a really rich nation, um, and a a rich nation that's going to continue to get richer. We just need to simply provide opportunity for these kids to have um, the ability to get a foot in the door in some of these places, and then take it from there. And then, you know, once they get hired by Amazon and Google or Goldman Sachs or Bank of America or Wells Fargo, you know, they'll they'll handle it from that point, and their salaries will increase from that point. And that's all we need to do. We just need we just need to provide that little fuel initially. And then these kids will take it from there. So a lot of these kids, inner city kids, and Golden will be the first one to tell you, you know, these inner city kids, they may be, they may be uh, stepped down a little bit on society, they may be stepped on by society, they may not have opportunity. But these kids, they are dynamic, they are brilliant, they are hustlers, they like working, and they want to improve themselves. All of them. They just need to get a little bit of support and opportunity in order to show what they already are, and they're amazing. And we just want to provide a little bit of support to allow their uh, amazing um, mindsets really shine through.
0: And I, I can't tell you the kind of impact that, 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 that gives to children just to be able to almost give them permission. Like, you know, you, you can work these jobs, you know, you're not bound for this or that, or this, you, you can be bound for these things and here is opportunity to be able to do so. So I, Incredible, incredible. I, I, have had like chills this entire you know episode, like of how incredible um, this is and the impact that you guys are are ma- are going to make.
2: Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Andrew. And, you. and, it, and it's important but, to know. It's important to know that that our, our our main focus is just to get them to start thinking about money and the importance of it and whatever career they they ultimately end up choosing you know will be amazing for them whether they whether they want to become an essential worker or they, they, they or they want to go into you know and become a, a vp of a financial institution for us for us whatever they choose is perfectly fine we just want them to to have the financial foundation that they're going to need um, when when they get older to be able to become a homeowner or to be able to plan for retirement or to be able to just be able to take a trip if they want to take a trip or like you mentioned or buy the car that they want to buy like like what your son wants to do so that's really what what we want you know we, we're we we're not we're not trying to create an entire workforce of just traders and 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 you know um, yeah right you know we, we 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 just want to encourage you to start thinking positively about money which is something Frank and I um, are very passionate about. Awesome.
0: Well, I I only have just one question left and we kind of touched on it a little bit. Um it's definitely a little off topic. So <laughs> I don't want to derail it. it if Ron's got hey. any other questions. Yeah, I yep. it was great. Uh Golden, how how is meeting Michael?
2: Like? <laughs> well, well, great question, man. He is he is by far one of the most inspirational people that I've ever had the honor of meeting. It's almost like, you know, meeting meeting a you know meeting your favorite you know uh, um, celebrity, right? And and at the time during the episode, I, I really didn't know who he was, but I automatically knew that he was a celebrity. Like when he walked up to me and shook my hand and goes, "Hey, I'm Mike Rowe." You know, initially, if you watch the episode, I'm like, "Oh, Mike Rowe." And I recognized his face, but I didn't realize how much of a big deal he really is, um, especially because of all the all, all the great stuff he's done uh, for others. And, and and it was just a real real brother moment for us. It was just like, hey, I'm Mike Rowe. Okay, hey, I'm Golden Martinez. Okay, do you want to have a conversation? I'm like, sure. And, and we sat down and spoke for almost an hour just about our passion for helping kids and our passion for giving back. And he was very uh, interested in learning my story, my upbringing. And and what inspired me to want to give back so much, because because usually kids in my position either give up um, or grow up grow up in in um, in tough circumstances and end up you know um, going to jail or, or or selling drugs or or getting involved in gangs and and he was just very interested why why I chose this route of wanting to empower communities and and I shared the story with him on how an English teacher named Ms. Wallace changed my life with uh with a book that she that she actually um gave me. And the book was called Tuesdays with Maury by Mitch Album. And um, I'm not sure if our listeners have ever read that book, but if you have or you haven't, um pick it up. Pick it up. Pick up that book. It's called Tuesdays with Maury by Mitch Albom, and that was the book at 16 years old that, that changed my life. Um, I think if I would have never read that book, I would have never changed my perspective on on things. I, I, I at the time I was I, I was I felt like a victim. I felt like I was someone who needed to to be angry at life and angry at my family for what was done to me. Uh, but reading that book, I completely changed my perspective and said, you know what? Um, I'm going to start thinking positively. I'm going to start <clears throat> changing <clears throat> things in my life. And, and Mike was very interested in that. He, he, he loved it. And, and at the end, I don't want to give away too much of the show. Uh, but, but at the end of the show, a, aside from the major gift that he gave me, which was I, I, I'll let the listeners go watch the major gift. But he gave me he gave me many, many small gifts. And, and, and one of the small gifts were getting me an autographed copy of Tuesdays with Maury by Mitch Album. Um, he reached out to Mitch, I believe they're friends, and told Mitch my story. And Mitch was so, um, happy to hear that his book changed someone's life the way it did. And that I created Get Focused, um, using that inspiration that Mitch signed an autographed copy of that book for me, which was amazing. So again, to answer your question, I just think that Mike Rowe is one of the most generous, inspiring people. Uh, very down to earth, um, and an amazing listener. Amazing listener.
0: Awesome.
1: Um, I, I that's. I think that's all I have. Any other... I did think of. I did think of one question as Golden was talking about that. Golden, do you have any good book recommendations for kids, or just for anyone that you've read, you've come across? Yeah. Well,
2: when we, when we talk about just elementary school kids. You know, I would always, I would always say Dr. Seuss is is, is a go-to for me. Um, I feel like just his books are are were, were so well created with with the illustrations and the messages. You know, I, I think I think that franchise of books were amazing. I think when we talk about middle school kids, I think Harry Potter, um, J.K. Rowling is is an amazing recommendation for for young people, um, especially because it, it helps increase your imagination right away. Um, she 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 takes you into a world that at the time, and even now, it's just unbelievably just incredible, you know, the the wizardry and everything that she created with that. And then when we talk about high school students, um, I think books like Tuesdays for Maury, I would say, let's just talk about authors. I would say Dalmigo Ruiz, uh, Deepak Chopra, Robert Greene, you know, even Robert Kiyososky, who wrote uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. um, I think those are the books that high school kids and even early college students should be reading. And yeah, what do you think, Frank? Is there any book that you feel was instrumental for you um, in your journey?
3: Lots of, you know, lots of books that have been super instrumental in my life, but just in general, getting kids and, and everyone, adults too, uh, to spend time every day, whether it's 15 minutes or an hour, uh, just to better themselves a little bit. And reading is one of the best ways to do it, obviously. Um, you know, I as a trader, uh, someone who, who identifies as a stock market, in the stock market world, you know, I, I'm a big fan of um, you need education in order to succeed in anything. So one of the easiest ways to do that is by, is by reading. And I like reading nonfiction for the most part, um, you know, just to sort of like learn a little bit more the 15 or 30 minutes a day. And you read, you see these leaders in any industry and you ask them what they do to succeed. And certainly things we already hit upon, like fitness and health and sleep, no doubt top of the list, but also very close to the top is reading every single day. And spending time and so easy to read these days, right? You don't need to pick up a book. You can do it through audible.com very simply while you're driving, while you're working out, while, whatever it is, you know, you, you can incorporate it a lot easier than you used to be able to. And just spend that 30 minutes a day uh, from a book, from a, you know, from a financial standpoint book. And so it's something that I recommend to everybody, especially people that are, I would say, more interested in the stock market and just financial market. It's a book that was written almost a hundred years ago, actually. And it's a book that I had every single one of my traders and I've trained I've trained hundreds of traders um, over the years. But there's a book called Reminiscences of a Stock Operator of a Stock Operator. I'll say that again. Reminiscences of a Stock Operator by Edwin uh, Lefebvre. Uh, it's an incredible book about the stock market, and about the history of the stock trader um, in the 1920s. And it's as applicable now as it is then. And it's something that really did um, open my eyes to Wall Street, and I recommend it to all. It's similar to a Random Walk on Wall Street, also a classic book about how the market works. And that's a little more nonfiction, An easier book, I would say too. A Random Walk on Wall Street, excellent book. Um, but really, just the idea of incorporating reading into your daily life, um, even fifteen, thirty minutes, will, will make big.
2: <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <He agrees. laughs> I, <recommend
1: it. laughs> I love that. Right, right on, on cue. cue.
0: Well hey, gentlemen, we cannot thank you enough for, for being on with us and, and spending so much of your time and, and allowing us to get to know you and our and our listeners and talk about the focus fun. I, I think that's all we have for today.
2: Thank you guys and, and thank you for creating so. this amazing platform and thank you thank you listeners for for uh staying with us for over one hour. We appreciate your 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 time and 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 your support and we hope that this podcast was uh was was helpful
0: oh my gosh tons tons of incredible information so ron you want to you want to end it
1: sure my my dog is showing his support as well if you can't hear uh but yes thank you very much to frank Raphael and golden martinez of get focused and the upcoming focus fund Um, we appreciate what they had to offer for us today stay in touch with money in the mind and thank you for listening